1: I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope your week is treating you well. Today, we are talking with Jenna Ocean and... Jenna is an intuitive healer and yoga instructor who feels most alive when sharing new experiences with others. Her passion lies in establishing secure and nurturing environments where individuals can connect with their utmost potential and experience profound healing. Having experienced deep grief in her own life, Jenna aims to empower folks to have fun with their healing journey and as such joy and playfulness are key aspects of her transformative work with others i wonder if we can guess her enneagram type and friends i am so excited jenna have i have already had the little pre call i'm so pumped about our conversation jenna welcome to the show thank
0: you so much thanks for having me
1: yeah so today we get to talk about astrology and the enneagram which is one of my most requested episodes so i am pumped <laughs> um but first let's just talk about you yeah. where like what's your story how did you get into the work that you're doing now
0: yeah um sorry one second um I think I thought we were gonna do three good things and so my brain was like getting ready for oh, three yeah. good things can we do three good things I want to hear I words
1: would too. <laughs> love to do
0: three good things
1: with you yeah so yeah
0: let's start with okay. three good
1: things what are three good things in your life right now um
0: okay first of all I'm triple fisting uh like beverages right now and that makes it's kind of classic but it makes me happy I have I have I espresso over ice I have this little like adaptogenic drink and a cup of water that's my first good thing (laughs) and then second I got to ride a jet ski all day yesterday which yeah that's one part of my life that's a little odd is that I'm also lifeguarding this summer fun so I got to be on a jet ski yesterday and the third good thing is I'm burning incense and it gets rid of the mildew smell that I'm having (laughs) (laughs) wait what incense do you like or like what smell of incense so glad you asked um I used to really hate incense like it just bugged me but um I found like one that I liked and then I ran out of it and now I don't even know I think it's I think it's frankincense and it's not bad. It's kind of nice. I'm really sensitive nice. to smells, so like kind of picky on that, but this one's good. Nice. Yeah.
1: Sweet. Yeah, I am the same way as we've talked yeah. about, but, but not my fave. wonder but. if that's a seven awesome. thing,
0: like being really acute to smells.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because I wonder if there's like a relation to not wanting to suffer. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like even in that tiny small way, it's like, yeah. Now you're on to something. Yeah, unbear- like unbearable
1: kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanna give like a quick note to everybody listening that they just started mowing my lawn. So sorry if you're hearing that. I think we'll be fine. Um, but it should go away soon. So um I love your good things. I think my good things are I am looking forward to working at the coffee shop this afternoon. That is something I'm I'm getting excited about, which brings me to my second, which I think being in a small town in an environment that's not super comfortable for me is actually making the things that I took for granted feel very exciting now. Like I used to work at coffee shops all the time and that didn't feel like a luxury, but now it feels like really special. Um, and so I think sometimes it feels like when you're like camping or something, you know, and you like go without, how much like modern conveniences feel really exciting. Yeah. That's, I think, the experience I'm having now, which is very cool. Like, oh, a hot shower <laughs> thrilling. Because
0: there's only um, one coffee shop, right?
1: There's one coffee so, shop. It's honestly like
0: not great. But it's there.
1: <laughs> but it's yeah. there. And I – it's like the vibe, you know? The vibe is yeah. right. Um, And then my third one is getting to have this conversation no. with you. Honestly, I'm so excited. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how these two things play together and bringing the information to our audience. Yeah.
0: The, I can yeah. hop in if you want now. I didn't mean to sidetrack us with three good things, but. No, I love
1: it. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Um, so yeah, tell me about yourself. Where where did you start? How did you get into what you're doing? Yeah. Now?
0: Um, okay. So as a kiddo, I was always like very curious about. Well, everything, but um, just very open and my parents weren't religious. Uh, my grandparents were both Catholic. I grew up with both my grandmas, which is kind of unique. Um, but so anyway, my mom was very open to me. There wasn't any like a repression as far as my curiosity. So I would check out books on astrology and like what it means to be a Sagittarius when I was like probably in third grade, which... Looking back, I thought that was very normal, and that might be a little odd. (laughs) Might be a little bit odd. And the occult, like I would just read books on that as a kid. And then, (laughs) you know, (laughs) kid stuff. (laughs) Um, Just like playing leapfrog. And then around middle school, I had a little existential crisis as happens in seventh Mm. or eighth grade. And I kind of decided to just start going to church
1: Mm -hmm.
0: on my own. And I had to get rides from friends because my parents like worked on Sundays. And I think I found a lot of connection and community in those spaces. My home life was, was quite chaotic. Uh, My mom had undiagnosed mental health stuff going on. So church offered some grounding for me as a kid. (laughs) And then, um, and then that was pretty mellow, just normal kind of mega church in Southern California vibes. And then I decided to do this to go crazy and move to Australia when I was 18. And I did this like super evangelical Uh program that was very into spiritual, like the gifts of the spirit type of thing. And that I don't know. I went ham and I, I didn't stop for like five years. <laughs> I was like, this is it. I need to explore this. I need to, I need to see this all the way through. Um, and I did love it, but there was also a lot of like unhealth in it. And it wasn't until, so I ended up going to a Christian college and studying theology because I really wanted to see this curiosity through. And uh my mom ended up dying very suddenly my soft, beginning of my sophomore year. And mm. that that's kind of what launched me into deconstruction, kind of letting go of some of my preconceived ideas. And one of the main things was, and I think you'll understand this as a seven, is that in my grief, I lost like all my superpowers. <laughs> like I I couldn't yeah. be funny, I could not be charming. I um I think I didn't know how much I relied on. I don't really know the word charm. Charm. Yeah. And I guess charm is a good word for it in my, to make friends and to just get through the day. Um, Mm. So I was exhausted. And the other part of that was I stopped evangelizing. I was crazy, Sarah Jane. Like, Oh, me too. I was too. Yeah. Yeah. We would have been crazy, chaotic friends, (laughs) running up to people, asking them if they wanted prayer stuff like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we embrace past Jenna and Sarah Jane.
1: <laughs> well, and honestly, Jenna, it makes sense to me because we both came from chaotic households with mental health things going on, and we found environments where people told us there were answers, there was certainty, that was fun. Like my church was fun. Like people, they, I mean, for a middle school, high schooler who like was terrified of all the things I saw my family going through, you Mm -hmm. know, so it was like, here's this place that's always clean, always safe, always, you have a community, built in friends, built in like stability and safety and fun. Mm -hmm. And then also here's hope. Here's, like, this belief in this, like, higher power who is there for you, who loves you, who's the ultimate parent, who can, like, take care of you. And, like, it offered a lot in terms of coping skills right. and safety. And then I think, like, until I exited the church or deconstructed, I didn't realize I could have that without religion. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, oh, this is just like human emotion. <laughs> like, this is community. This is safety. This is having an environment that like loves you, having unconditional love or having unconditional love for myself even, you know? Yeah. So I think it, it makes complete sense that that would have been, we wanted everyone to feel what we felt because what we felt was really exciting at the time. Yep.
0: Yeah. In my therapy sessions, whenever I bring up any type of cringe or shame for super Christian Jenna, she's like, you know, you could have gone to drugs, <laughs> but you went to church. Like, <laughs> like, so true, Jamie. Thank you so much once again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I couldn't evangelize anymore. I was exhausted. And, mm-hmm. and I think that it was, you know, there was the rational part of my brain kicking in that was like, something's off if you feel that you can't how do I explain it access your spirituality if you're not at a hundred percent something's off with that um and during that time this will loop back to the Enneagram I promise but during that time I actually I was living in a dorm but it was just too much I I couldn't relate to people and like it was, it was too much. So actually one of the ladies that worked in the chapel office invited me to live with her family for a season. And that was really special because I lived, yeah. they had a big New England, old, old house. And, uh, I think what used to be like the front porch area, they blocked off to be my room and like put a bed in it. And anyway, it was at her house that she, she was really into the Enneagram. She was a three. And um, she gave me, I think, Dr. Ian Morgan Crone, right? He has his book and I was reading it and was mind blown at how it was talking about me, kind of similar to what you've shared with it reading your diary type of thing. Um, And that was my first intro to the Enneagram and I was in a really dark place and I think it was just like, Indulgent and exciting for me to peel through these chapters and just pour into it and and find relation to what they were saying about about type mm-hmm. sevens and about I re- realizing that all of my friends were either three or fours which was also fun for me interesting <laughs> yeah.
1: interesting that's so fascinating so you found the enneagram mm-hmm. at this time and then how did you kind of get into the work that you're doing now yeah.
0: Um so over the next two years of college I ended up sticking sticking it through. I there was a moment where I considered kind of taking a gap year for some healing, but it helped me to be in college. So I stayed there and I didn't stop talking about the Enneagram. <laughs> um, I, for four for four years. <laughs> it was in every conversation ever. <laughs> My friends were like, you need to calm down. Um, yeah. and I also started exploring like anything fringe that I could possibly digest about Christianity. So
1: feminist mm-hmm.
0: theology, um, what else? Like anything indigenous that I could pick up along the edges, which was not a lot in my, you know, conservative Christian college, but I just tore it apart and I ended up being a TA for like what they called like the school heretic. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> he's not a Christian because he like (laughs) thought sex before marriage was fine. It was, um, yeah. (laughs) So I think that letting go of my need to evangelize and then exploring that, wow, this is actually, there's a lot more, there's a lot more gray than there is black and white. Um, and then really when things took off as far as my career was the pandemic, uh, being totally cut off from my modes of escaping, forced me to come back to embodiment, to come back to things that I think I liked as a child. And I think that's when mm-hmm. astrology kind of popped up and yoga. I ended up getting my
1: mm-hmm. yoga teacher
0: certification during the pandemic. Um, and yeah, over probably 2020 to 2021, I really, really started to let go of the label of Christianity. Um, which felt definitely scary. Uh, because like you said, it's sort of pitched to us. There's a lot of undoing that has to happen and it feels evil because it's been pitched Mm -hmm. that, you know, outside of these walls is hell and brimstone and people are suffering and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, coming to trust my body. That was a huge deal. Mm -hmm um but eventually it very much felt like a coming home and even though it felt wrong on one part of my brain because the part that had been sort of indoctrinated to believe that anything outside mm-hmm. of this religion was wrong the other part of me was so excited it was like a little kid like ooh we get to we get to come into our bodies again and ooh what about astrology and mm-hmm. and um and all of those types of things so that was sort of when mm-hmm. my work started and i just knew that um, I mean, I always wanted to just work with people and explore the divine, uh, but it just didn't work mm-hmm. for me to do that within a religious setting. Um, and also they didn't want to ever pay me for my gifts.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: um, it feels really good now to be doing the work I'm doing. Yeah.
1: It is wild to think about, you know, you're kind of like bringing me back to that sense of like you can't trust yourself. And, you know, that's how indoctrination works, right? You have to convince the people you're indoctrinating intentionally or unintentionally that they can't trust their own thoughts and their own feelings and their own beliefs and that there is some truth outside of them that is more accurate, (laughs) that they should trust more. And then you are the the sharer of that truth. You know, there's a leader who displays that truth for you under, through their own lens and how the work that you're doing now is so much about, it's, you know, you're stepping into the word intuitive as like, that's all it's trust. It's just listening. Yeah. That's, I can imagine that being a really big, scary leap.
0: It definitely is. And It's like an everyday type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is actually like my little spiel. This goes into my spiel, Mm -hmm. uh, which is that this is why Christians devour the Enneagram. Because Mm -hmm. the Enneagram, you cannot do work with the Enneagram without the presupposition that you're worthy of inquiry and that Mm -hmm. something inside of you is actually good and good enough to Mm -hmm. explore. And I don't know about you, like how it was in your circles. But for me, Sarah Jane, like there were so many Enneagram book clubs on my campus and in my Mm -hmm. church, people just went crazy for it. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because it was, it's maybe one of the first like archetypal systems that a bunch of Christians, maybe that people trusted, explored and wrote books about. And so I think yeah. I think it gave people permission to explore themselves that they didn't have um, before. And so I think it's a little, in my mind, yeah. it's like this little sneaky thing. I don't think that the people like Dr. Ian Morgan <laughs> Crone or like Richard War were trying to be sneaky, but to me, it feels like this mm-hmm. uh, sneaky way of making people love themselves.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which also brings me to like the people who are so scared of it. There's like, you know, there's a whole religious sect of Christians who are in my DMs like, this is evil, you should repent. Like, um, and I think that there's obviously like every Christian is different. Um, I have Christians who are like, I love your um, vibrator posts. (laughs) I'm a Christian, I love your vibrator posts. And it's like, you know, so there's a wide range of experience. I think you and I have had a very similar one. Um, But I do think, I think you're right where it is like, I get to look at myself and I think because one of my big deconstruction moments was like thanking myself for the first time, like, and it was in yoga Mm -hmm. where my yoga teacher was like, thank yourself for being here. And I had never, ever given myself credit for anything because everything was of God. Everything good in me was God. Everything bad in me was me. Yeah. And so it's like that moment. Yeah. It's like this opportunity to be like, oh, I am both. I am all human. I'm, I'm good and bad and I'm everything in between. And, and I do things <laughs> that are positive by choice. Yeah. And I had someone yesterday say to, or a couple of days ago say to me, like, I'm religious because I would be bad without God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's true. I think that's just like, we, we give the good parts of ourselves credit to this higher being. And so then we think anything, the good in us must not be real.
0: Yeah. Which is wild. Um, I could talk about this forever. I'm, yeah, I'm actually curious and maybe you don't remember, but I'm curious, do you remember what it felt like in your body? Like in that yoga class when mm-hmm. you, when you had that moment?
1: Um, yes, I, it, I mean, in my body, that's hard for my, for you. I, har- I have a hard time describing sensation, yeah. but I know I felt relief. Mm. Um, and i was i was in shavasana so i think in that time it was just kind of like a yeah like a, a an easing a relaxing yeah. um i was just
0: curious there yeah, yeah no right or wrong answer yeah. just kind of curious yeah.
1: uh, no i'm curious <laughs> i love that question though
0: um do you want to talk about astrology I would a little love
1: bit to. how Okay, so I know you have thoughts about
0: how the elements play yeah. into this. Um, yeah, can we talk totally. about Totally. Okay, so the biggest connection that I see between the Enneagram and astrology is that they're both archetypal systems. So, you know, in the Enneagram, uh, and you're probably much more knowledgeable about the history of the Enneagram, my understanding of it, which is probably pretty rough, is just that it's very, very old and that people <laughs> used to. Yeah, that people noticed that there were nine sort of energies that people tend to fall into and then started using that for like self-discovery. Am I getting this kind of right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's been it's been so many evolutions right? over the years that I think that's a succinct way to phrase it for Thank sure.
0: Um, and so I guess my understanding of life, if you don't mind going a little bit woo for a moment, is just that like beyond what we can see, right. And like this plant here or my hands or whatever, beyond the physical, everything is energy. And like underneath all the things that we experience is just energy. And within that, I think that societies and peoples, like they, they notice a certain type of energy or a way that people interact with an energy. And then they give it, they give it a name, they call it, They call it a god or a spirit or a demon. Um, And I think one fun example I have of that is, you know, you have the deity Venus in ancient Roman civilizations, goddess of love and beauty. Um, And then in Greek, same energy, but Aphrodite. And then if you go back to like ancient Mesopotamia, you have Ishtar or Inanna. Um, And it's Mm. the same energy. It's like this divine feminine And you can trace that Mm. through lots of different civilizations. Um, And I think that, so with astrology, astrology has been practiced for pretty much forever. People have always been looking up at the skies to see what they could reflect back about the experience on earth. Mm. Um, And it's just archetypal energy. Like I, I don't know exactly how or when people decided that Venus was the planet of love and they call it like Venus rules the gardens and the bedrooms type of thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: and the same thing with Mercury, Mercury is a planet of communication, um, intellect. Um, and you could do that for each planet. Each one has been sort of assigned an energy by different ancient civilizations. Um, Mm -hmm. And so in the same way that the Enneagram has the nine types, astrology has the 12 signs and the different planets within that. Uh, And I think that, like I was saying earlier, archetypal systems kind of just help us to understand life around us and be able to have language for uh, some of the more hard to talk about, what's the word I'm looking for, when something is hard to find words for.
1: Like inconceivable or...
0: That wasn't the word, but Mm. it's okay. I've lost the word, but like Mm. there are these experiences that we have that it's hard for us to find language for. And we then we have these archetypal systems that help us to find that language and connect with that energy. So that's sort of the basis where I see the connection between Enneagram and astrology.
1: Yeah. You're kind of blowing my mind here with the love God thing because... If, in that if that's the case right then there's like love energy that's always been here like that's what I'm hearing you say there's like love energy that's always been here mm-hmm. and that we different groups of people different religions different plate times in history have just named it something else yeah I <laughs> love that
0: I do too. It makes me feel that when I'm doing this work, that I'm just like doing what my ancestors always did. Like it feels like a very, Mm. it just feels very connected and earthy. Mm. Yeah. There's some other interesting stuff about, um, about like ancient Jewish views on astrology and ancient Mesopotamia, but that would probably be a conversation for a different time, um, but I. The thing that blew my mind is that the first natal chart. You know how you sent me your chart, and like I saw that you yeah. used the, the Channy app, which amazing. Yeah. I love that app, and I love okay, her. Okay, sweet. Uh, Channy Nicholas, if you happen to be listening to this, I love you. Anyway, uh, yeah, we love you. Uh, Where? Wow, I just totally lost. Right, the first natal chart that we can find is from 410 BCE.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: It's not new. Like, I think. Yeah. Sorry. If you hear that, I live in an old mill town. And cool. it, the, the horn goes off at 12 and 1230. <laughs> but, um, I love yeah, that. first needle chart that we can find dates back to 410 BCE. And I think that I thought that the idea of looking at your own chart to understand like yourself through the lens of astrology. I thought that was relatively modern, but like, no, they've been mm-hmm. doing it forever.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So, and I think that's interesting too, because like the Enneagram is so old. So astrology is like even older. Um, how do the, like these elements, how do you perceive them playing together?
0: Um, I mean, for me, they all go into this like big stew, which is mm-hmm. um, the ways that I understand myself in the world around me. Um, I, I remembered the word, by the way, it was ineffable. <laughs> ineffable was the Oh, word. yeah. Okay. Um, so for me, like, so in the work that I do, so I often do Reiki sessions, which I'm starting to change to more just call like intuitive sessions because I involve Reiki, but I also am doing a lot of this work that we're talking about, where I notice energy, whether it's blocked energy or flowing, and I use that stew of self-understanding to attach language to what people are experiencing. So, for Mm -hmm. example, in a session, I might be, you know, energetically, I usually have my hands hovering above someone's body, if you want to get into it looks like. I've got the essential oils and in the, in the um, incense going. And I might feel the energy of someone who has a really harsh inner critic. And mm. that might present itself in different ways. It might feel like often it feels like a tightness that goes from throat, like all the way down. And it's all, I can see their jaw like clenched. And so mm-hmm. we start getting curious about that. And, um, you know, I might start wondering about astrology too, where I'm wondering, hmm, I wonder if this person has Virgo in any harsh placements, because Virgo tends to be kind of the purest, but the flip side of that is kind of a harsh inner critic. And so I'm just wondering this stuff. I might say it out loud. I might not say it out loud. Um, And then as we're talking, maybe they don't know the language of astrology, but they do know the Enneagram, which happens pretty often. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, I am a one. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, good start, good start. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, So I, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's kind of how it comes up yeah. in my work is I feel a familiar, I start feeling into a familiar energy and I dip into my, mm-hmm. my soup to see what language I can attach. And people find it very empowering yeah. often because they're like, oh my God, like, that's just been happening inside me and it's fascinating that i can just look at my chart and see wow i my I do have a virgo moon that's that i'm curious about how that impacts me and then that yeah. launches a journey
1: okay amazing so you talked before about how like in beta oh, yeah. there's like air fire earth and water yes. um and how that could potentially have like things that line up with the enneagram as well yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. A Really easy way to start any of this work is to start noticing what elements you play with in your personality. So Mm. we've got air, fire, earth, and water. In Ayurveda, earth and water are one and it's called kapha Mm. energy. Uh, Fire energy Mm. is pitta. Uh, I think when I think of pitta, I think of Enneagram eights, just like in a big way of Mm. we're doing this and Mm -hmm. we're going to send it all the way through. It's like that sort of Mm -hmm. gut-y fire. Um, And then there's vata, which is air energy. Vata energy tends to be the idea. This is me all the way. The ideas, (laughs) the, oh, I have something to start. Vata tend to struggle either with getting stuck in daydreams or not seeing through projects to their end. Mm -hmm. Um, So those... So we're talking sort of about ancient Indian uh, Ayurveda in that. Uh, Also in astrology, every sign uh, has a corresponding element. So um, I'm a fire sign. I'm a Sagittarius. You're an Aquarius, so you're an air sign. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think Aquarius is water sign because it has the AQU, which is confusing. But um, Mm -hmm. so and then I think that the elements are in the Enneagram as well, um, sort of in the intelligence centers. So, um, in, so you have the body, the gut, the head and the heart, right. Or body and gut are one Mm -hmm. head and heart. Um, Mm -hmm. I think gut tends to be very kapha pitta. So earth and fire. So that would be eight, nine, one, um, heart is traditionally meant to be the balance point. It's meant to be the balance point between masculine Mm. and feminine as well as all of the um, different elements. So Mm. I think if you're in the heart triad that you could go many different ways. But I see it as being Mm. leaning a little more towards water, like emotion type of thing. And the head is very much associated with air um, Mm -hmm. because it's the idea center as well as our connection to everything beyond. Um, So... Mm. I think that, um, yeah, there's more that I could say about the connection with Ayurveda. Do you want me to do that real quick? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Uh because in Ayurveda, there's also this idea that, that every idea that we have goes through an arc of all the elements. So you start with Vata, air, idea, five, six, and sevens, right? (laughs) Of the mm-hmm. world, and then it moves to pitta. This is where we need to actually see that idea through. These are the doers, the steady flame that gets stuff done. This is eight, nines, and ones. I would also throw threes into this group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once an idea has gone through its whole process, it has to be integrated into community, or else it gets lost. Mm-hmm. And so, this is more of the earth and water, like kapha signs. Um, I think that 2s 3s and 4s do this really well and also 9s yeah. um when they're motivated when when they have the motivation to do it um mm. these are people who find a way to give concepts a longer lasting impact um mm. so yeah there's kind of many entry points of how you can make and explore your own like archetypal soup <laughs> yeah um but yeah well,
1: I- I'm fascinated because I think you said in my chart like I have like none or hardly any earth placements. Yeah, you're really
0: air heavy. And
1: yeah, which makes sense because like I mean sevens don't have any connection to the heart on the enneagram either. <laughs>
0: oh. yeah,
1: <I> <laughs> um so I think that is interesting. Yeah, that's interesting to think about as well as I also was thinking when you were talking about how I am not very communal as a person. Like my brain is very like hyper independent. Community is incredibly important to me, but or important for me, I have to convince myself of its importance often. Yeah. So, um, but my husband, the twos, threes, and fours in my life, right? So husband being one of them, they're often thinking about how will this affect the whole, um, or how will how am I being perceived by the whole? How will what my actions impact the right. whole? Um, and I have to choose that consciously. I have to work harder to like think about it it's a it's a practice
0: for me to do that. Yeah. I think that and I think two things. I imagine and I know it's true in my life and maybe yours that mm-hmm. if you are one element heavy, air, in that mm-hmm. case you probably find friends and family that fill in those gaps. Like that's kind of what I discovered mm-hmm. when I was reading about threes and fours for the first time in that in that book. Um, I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I have for lack of a better term, a deficiency here. And I have learned, I have Mm -hmm. subconsciously filled my life with people who can connect me to my heart. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that also exists inside too. Like when I'm looking at your chart, Sarah Jane, like you do have a lot of Aquarius. First of all, I think you have a stellium Mm -hmm. because you have like five planets there. So (laughs) so that just means that all those traits will be amplified um okay but that honestly adds (laughs) up (laughs) makes sense makes sense um but I think that there are parts even just looking in your chart where we help ourselves because where was it you have a leo moon right so that's some fire leo moon is a really lovely placement in my opinion um Mm because it's like the big fire energy of Leo and Sun, except brought to like the home and like close relationships. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, and you're also an eight wing, which I would mm-hmm. say, you know, is that pitta fire energy of getting things done. So, like, I think it's kind of lovely that even within yourself, yes, you're very air oriented and you have these ideas and this starter energy, but even in your chemical makeup, you have also this like wing of help where it's like, we can get things done. And, and we're going to flame through this and we're going to love our people big. Mm -hmm. Like, even if maybe, you know, uh, you don't have a million friends that you're connecting with all the time. Like the people that are in are in close. That's usually how I perceive like Mm -hmm. Leo moons and having a fire, a fire Mm -hmm. moon center. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, I I guess I just think that's really lovely, and that's another thing to think about is how we balance ourselves out, too
1: mm-hmm. I love that because I was just talking about to someone about the Enneagram yesterday and about how if you think about all the movements, you know, like the lines of stress and rest, your wings, your the subtypes, and how sometimes your subtype can make you look like another type in behavior. If you look at it from that perspective, like, you touch nearly every type yeah. to in some way, and maybe there's one or two that you have like less access to, but we you know we're not just like this one number we just have faster access to that number and which is so interesting because of what you're saying, it's kind of like when you were talking about that journey as well of like, oh, the goal is to access all of these elements um it's what i at least that's what I'm yeah. hearing, but And I think that's how it is in the Enneagram as well. It's like, how can I access the wholeness of me? Um,
0: I always like mm -hmm. when you talk about, and this is how I describe any type of archetypal system to people, is that all of it, every single type exists inside you. I love thinking of like the tool belt Mm -hmm. analogy, but it's like at Mm -hmm. a very young and impressionable age, you started reaching. You started reaching for positivity and seeing the bright side, you know, and escaping and Mm -hmm. shirking around authority. This Mm -hmm. I'm talking about being mm-hmm. a seven. <laughs> um yeah, but the fact that that I don't know, maybe in our healing and as we get older, I can definitely see why people start questioning their type when they come towards a deeper health, because you do have mm-hmm. all of those tools inside. And um mm-hmm. I guess maybe again, I like in your book how you say the goal's not to not be a seven. It's just to realize that mm-hmm. you can integrate other parts to help you in life.
1: Mm -hmm. so okay do you think that there is a way to do a one-to-one i mean there's 12 astrology types there's nine enneagram types so one-to-one is probably obviously not possible but we like when you say fire types we think of like you know we know like what is that leo aries sagittarius is that is that the three now i'm questioning
0: i'm like is there more wait yes yes it is
1: (laughs) um and do you feel like we can like those are because I'm almost wondering like okay could that be like the aggressive numbers
0: is that one three eight, or seven, eight three seven eight seven three and eight yeah were you
1: but then I I'm like oh I'm totally air fire whatever that is Yeah. You know,
0: which would do what you said seven eight so you're wondering if there's a connection potentially between fire element and the aggressive types and maybe we could attach that same idea is that what you're saying
1: yeah well i'm i i'm just wondering because i know people at home are like well if is an aquarius always a seven which we know is not probably true right Right.
0: yeah no <laughs> <laughs> i'm like right i love okay also i love during this conversation that we've said lots of things and then looked at each other like right like <laughs> am i right on this <laughs> Um, yeah. right. No, obviously. I mean, my best friend is an Aquarius, um, and has a stellium just like you. And she's a, a big mm-hmm. three. She's a big, big three. Okay. Um, and I think that the beautiful thing about astrology and the Enneagram, but I'll stick with astrology for this example, is that you do have a whole chart and you can spend mm-hmm. your whole life exploring and digging into the different parts of that chart. And And for those who maybe aren't super familiar with what a chart means, basically, most people know your sun sign, which is the moment that you were born, sun was aligned with the zodiac sign of Aquarius in your example. But every single planet has that same alignment. So there are people in this world who hate astrology because they're, you know, they're a Leo, but they connect with zero of the Leo traits because the rest of their chart is telling a different story. Um mm-hmm. I think that so I know that's kind of a frustrating answer for those that are wanting like this equates to this. Um I, I think it would be a stretch to make a this equates to this. But I would say that I would get really curious of anything that doesn't quite line up. Like, um, let me think of an example. Mm. If you are, let's say a heart type, but your whole chart is very, um, wa- uh, fire forward or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I would just get curious about like, okay, how does, how do these either connect or disconnect? Um, and are there any, mm-hmm. like, is there anything within that, that I can explore to get to know myself a little better?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I love that because I think often, and and maybe this is seven energy from us, but like, it's you're not speaking from a place of like, well, that means you're not a two. You're saying, get curious about that. See what I'm I'm saying, two as if heart, you know, all heart types of sure. twos. Two, three, yeah. four. Um, yeah, like it's it's like invitation into explore that, play yeah. with that, see what that means. And what is the disconnect? Is the disconnect that? Is it something else? And I think it's very exciting coming from a deconstructing religion place because i you know for so long it's like this is the right way there's one answer this is the this is the answer don't ask any questions and that's such a different way to approach yourself than there's one right way there's and you're not mm-hmm. supposed to question it don't have doubts it's like well play with it question it see what it is and i think a lot of times enneagram gets treated almost as a religion you know almost as like there's one right way to do it there's a good way a bad way you can you can really mess people up if you do it the wrong way and and honestly like this is just like a tool that you can explore with a map that you get to look yeah. at and everyone's responsible for how they choose to use that map and it's exciting it's it's fun it should be Something that you feel like you own yeah. for yourself, not that anyone else can tell you, yes, no, right, wrong, good, bad.
0: It's like, it's, it's just fucking yoga. Like, yeah, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, yeah. Um, I think someone, I did not make that up, but I borrowed it. And sometimes mm-hmm. I say that in class because, mm-hmm. because I think that people who haven't, even if you haven't had this crazy journey through religion, like religion mm-hmm. is really insipid in society. Mm -hmm. And something I've been saying lately is like, you leave religion a long time before religion leaves you. And oftentimes the first things Mm -hmm. that we cling to outside of religion, we then make into a new religion. And I think that Mm -hmm. it's really important to just notice that if that's like what you're doing Mm -hmm. with astrology or the Enneagram, making it this binary thing of like, it's either this or that, and this is the wrong way and the right way. I think even that attitude mm-hmm. can be harmful to us. And I guess if you, if you get anything from this conversation, like just that it doesn't have, it's just, it's just F in astrology. Like it's it should be yeah. something fun and exploratory and you don't have to get it right. Yeah. And it's okay to like, to get things wrong too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when, I'm like hopping us all yeah. around, but when you, when you talked about the overlap as well, I think. Um, it's fascinating because I feel really grounded in what you said. Like, okay, fire and, and earth kind of being associated with eight nine one, water and earth kind of being associated with two, three, four, air being five, six, seven. Um, and then thinking about my like the complexity of your chart and just based off of what you've told me about my chart having so much air, um, but then having that connection to fire through the Leo, it's like that actually adds completely up with my Enneagram. It's odd how much I think it adds up with my Enneagram. And so I wonder if like, yeah, taking the whole chart into account
0: would kind of be like eerie. Can I tell you one more thing about your chart, but just like, okay, just for fun. So, and just so everyone knows, like I'm such a, I'm a huge fan of you. And so Like I just know way too much about you. So anyway, just starting (laughs) with that. Um, So you have a North Node in Taurus and in in like traditional astrology, the North Node was seen as like the hungry head of the dragon because it happens around, I think, eclipses. And so, and then in more modern astrology, it's like the direction you're headed. But with like the hungry head of the dragon, it's what you're always, it's an insatiable craving. So Taurus being like, um, ruled by the planet Venus. So again, like of gardens and bedrooms, and there's a stability to Taurus. There's something that about Taurus that loves home and like being home and Mm. creature comforts. Uh, so when I listen to your podcast pretty often, I hear you kind of like being satiated and struggling with this. Um, and that's just kind of one fun thing too. Um, and Whoa. the fact that the rest of your chart is void of earth and yet your hungry head of the dragon is an earth sign like there's there's sort yeah. of a distance a little bit of tension there um and yeah yeah
1: which is interesting because tension like when i think of i'm a counter type right in the enneagram so um I think of all counter types having kind an of in, inner in, push pull of, of like I want type? this and I can't have it. Can you Remind me of things? oh yeah, so um, all the enneagram ha- types have the subtypes, and one of those subtypes, yeah, social self-prez. And then for each type, one of those subtypes is a counter type, meaning your behavior doesn't match your motivation. Okay. So you, it's for seven. I'm I'm a social seven, so I want what I want. I want it when I want it. I want to feel good all the time, but I feel really guilty. Wanting that, and so then it's almost like I resist that in myself. So I like, um, almost will like sacrifice too much in favor of like, out of fear of wanting too much. If that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I think the on the side note, just on a personal note, I think like with Taurus, um, home has always been the thing I wanted. Like I wanted that's been the thing that I like couldn't have was like a safe happy comfortable home and i almost resisted making that for myself most of my life because i didn't believe it existed so i was just like i'll just be out all the time doing things with ever i'll just not ever better be better
0: to to avoid it than to be let down when i actually pursue it yes yes
1: yeah yeah and then it, i mean it was in the pandemic that i was like i'm going to obie and i made our home feel like a home and he's great about being at home. He like loves making a home feel that way. And I just wouldn't put any money into it. I wouldn't put any energy into it. But we spent the whole year at home and it's like it changed my personhood, you know? Like everything centers so much more around home now that like I I I like being here in this uncomfortable environment. I'm like, but my home. I don't have my home. I don't have my space that feels safe and comfortable. And like, I have that, I've had it. I know what it feels like. And now I know what to miss when it's not there, Mm -hmm. which I think I didn't have for so many years. Um,
0: that's really beautiful
1: too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It kind of made me emotional when you said that about Taurus. I was like, why that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. So for those at home who are like, I want to start exploring my chart and these like potential connecting points for myself
0: um what's step one where can they begin I imagine they've already done step one which would be I would start Mm -hmm. with the Enneagram um just because in my opinion the Enneagram is one of the most straightforward archetypal systems um like Mm -hmm. at the very least you you don't have this like complex chart with houses and signs and planets and that type of thing um, but find so if you find your intelligence center in the enneagram, I think that's a good start. And then I'd probably move on to astrology and try not to get overwhelmed by all the data. <laughs> um, look <laughs> at your big three, so that would be your sun, moon, and rising, and the elements that those three are. And just see, like, does that line up with my enneagram intelligence center? Um, and you can find all this stuff online. Um, mm-hmm. I was so tempted to say links are in the show notes. Uh, (laughs) Links are in the show. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then (laughs) getting curious. I think Um, I could do your whole intro to because I I even (laughs) like I'll be in the car and (laughs) I'll be at work. (laughs) I'm so sorry. And this. It's Enneagram and coffee. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Hello, everybody. You always do that. Hello, everybody. Anyway. Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love um, it. I love anyway, getting curious. What do you notice? <laughs> Are you a body type in the Enneagram, but your big three is mostly water? maybe you ask yourself, what does water mean? Oh, it means emotions. Hmm. How do I feel about my own emotions? How, how do emotions impact my decisions since I'm, uh, Mm. more of a body gut type. Um, and every time like throughout this whole process, if you can stop and just see where it lands in your body, um, Mm. bonus points. Um, yeah. And my big encouragement And also a little bit of a warning is to not is to do any of this archetypal work in the in the premise of being kind to your body. Like Hmm. if you start getting triggered or like shutting down, which has happened to me, like this stuff gets Mm -hmm. deep and it does Mm -hmm. connect, you know, like take breaks. You don't need to annihilate this. And I think that might be a little bit of my like either seven or ADHD brain that will like hone in and think I need to complete a task. You don't have to like mm-hmm. treat it that way. Um, it's kind of like Sarah Jane, when you give us journal prompts for the season and it's mm-hmm. it's a whole, whole shebang. And you're like, hey, if you've never yeah. journaled before, maybe don't do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like <laughs> maybe start with one. <laughs> um, I think yeah. the same goes for astrology because like, Keep in mind that people, have, this is a system that has developed since freaking thousands BCE, like ancient Mesopotamia, the, the mm-hmm. most ancient civilizations. That's when this started and has been developed to where it is. So it it makes sense that it is very overwhelming if you try to figure everything out mm-hmm. in one go. Um, yeah. So And also, let me just give you the permission slip to have fun with it and not feel like you have to totally understand it in order for it to be helpful mm. um yeah
1: for those who want support in their journey um who maybe want to connect with you further how can they stay in touch with you
0: yes i would love that first of all um and i would say well my instagram is joy play two words that's like my business name is joy and play it's a very seven business name yeah i love it <laughs> um other than that, like, honestly, my bread and butter is leading these really immersive yoga retreats. Um, and I have one that's half full mm-hmm. right now to Mexico in January. It's like surf and yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Awesome timing for, for that one. It's yeah, 1230. It's 1230. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I have a retreat to France in the spring, and I'm hopefully going to be going to Peru like next winter. So.
1: Um Amazing.
0: I'd love for people to come on those. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we'll put obviously everything down in the show notes for you to connect with Jenna as well. But Jenna, thank you so much for joining and having this lovely conversation with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank
0: you so much. Um, can I give one more encouragement? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um yes, please. I've already said this, but like just know that this stuff isn't new and that when you do archetypal work, you're connecting with a really long line of ancestors and succession so um yeah i hope that i hope that people can find deeper understanding here and journey into love (laughs)
1: Mm, yeah journey into love i love that
0: seeking the truth never gets old